0: don't really understand that side of it but that's a lot of it to me it's just people that you know they're really involved they're really passionate they they get labeled as arrogant all the time and it's (laughs) having an opinion and being loud about it doesn't make you arrogant firehouse vigilance
1: presents the weekly scrap a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency all right, so this is Mark Lone of The Fire Inside, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I think a lot of people know The Fire Inside, but they never knew, just like I never knew, the man behind The Fire Inside. I feel like I've known you forever on social media, and the Kool-Aid sticker, and yeah, of course right. the Phoenix, and all of it, and to finally put a face to it, like I talked to you on the phone the first time today, I was like, finally put a voice to it. Right. So, <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't um, disappoint. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, tell people about the fire inside, where it came from, and uh, give a little background of yourself, and then we'll get, kick this off.
0: Sure. So uh, my name's Mark Alone. i uh, been in the fire service, I think, about 16 years now. Uh, originally from upstate New York, started there as a volunteer in high school, uh, went in the Air Force for a bit, ended up down here in uh, Georgia. Uh, I was on a county department here for about 12 years career, uh, recently just moved departments to West Columbia, South Carolina, uh, took a lateral as a captain up there. And recently started volunteering again in a small city, uh, not too far from me, um, down oh, here in Georgia, burr. too. So um, I guess uh, kind of like some of your other guests have said, I don't know, maybe frustration, I don't know. But uh, the page just kind of started as, as an outlet for me. Um, sure. you know, I think there's a lot of people that are not necessarily in bad cultures, but maybe just in situations to where they kind of feel trapped in the fire service these days. I don't I don't really know why. It's just people just they just seem to be upset with things. Um, maybe not as much control as they want to have. Um, but I was in a pretty bad place with myself, you know, and, and a lot of it was personal stuff with me and, uh, I actually met Jared Sergi, uh, through his page, trial by fire, who you've had on right. before. And, uh, you know, me and him, <laughs> it's just kind of one of them. You ever meet those people where you kind of feel like you've been friends, you know, for yes. the entire life, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, we got talking and, uh, he kind of said, you know, Hey, I really dig your ideas. You know, you kind of have a different outlook, you know, you should, you should start your own thing. Um, so I sat down and, and on a whim, I started it and I thought maybe, you know, you know, this will last for like a month or something. I'll get the vent. Nobody will follow it. And, you know, I'll move on to the next thing. And, you know, it just kind of spawned into this, this kind of community. I like to call it, you know, like-minded people just kind of sharing ideas. And, um, so I was pretty low key about it. You know, I didn't, I was kind of hesitant. I didn't want to get in trouble at work, you know, cause you know, right. very opinionated. And I say some things that don't necessarily go with the, uh, the typical department dialogue sometimes. So I was pretty low key, but as uh, it evolved, I, I had some opportunities to teach and travel and present at you know some of these bigger conferences and stuff, and I said, you know, it's, it's kind of a disservice to people who are willing to, you know, in many cases, pay me to come out or at least cover my travel fees to come speak, you know, to, to be hidden in silence, kind of like that, so... Uh, as I took this new opportunity, new job, I kind of took it as opportunity to kind of come out of my shell a little and do some things like this and just kind of put my, my face with it and, and kind of own it a little bit more, kind of, you know, swallow your own advice sort of thing, right? So Right, right, that's the hardest so, part sometimes. Yep, yeah, so, uh, so it just kind of evolved and, you know, like I said, it started as a couple of posts and then it was stickers and it was conferences and now it's t-shirts and coins and, you know, obviously the, the Kool-Aid man and, and stuff like that, so uh, it's been a, a fun ride, I've met just a ton of outstanding people, I, I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet without it, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that.
1: Uh, my actual first exposure to the Fire Inside was uh, my driver got a, this was a few years ago, one of the Kool-Aid stickers, and put it on our uh, forcible entry prop, stuck it right nice. up on there, and, and uh, I didn't know where it came from or anything, didn't know what it was about or anything, so that was one of my first exposures to it, but it, is, it sticks with you, and so, um now I'm going to hit you up, and I know you're probably not, uh, you're probably going to not like this that much, but it's the quality of your posts. Um, literally, a trading officer in a department, if he's if he's pressed for time or needs a topic to talk about, he can literally go to your page, pull up the latest post of the you know that you wrote, and boom, here, there's something for him to discuss. And everything he needs. I mean, they are thorough, they are high quality, they're not just thrown together. And um, how do you manage to keep? the quality of it up so high and so uh, that's the yeah. most impressive thing
0: that's that's the main question i get from everybody and i guess you know I, I, part of it's genetic so yeah i tell everybody my, my dad was in the army forever but uh he took a break you know he was enlisted went back in as a as a warrant officer but in between he was an english teacher so i i thoroughly believe that some of it is just you know growing up with an english teacher and i've, I've just been always been good at writing um, you know I joke around I wish I was as good as firefighting because I'm right I probably write about it better than I actually perform to be honest with you but uh, but yeah I don't know I just I, I have ideas in my head I guess and you know people kind of mistake it a lot of the times they think it's like oh you're battling this or battling that or you know you're calling this person or that person out and a lot of the time it's just like it's things that I've thought about in my head or you know things that I have tried and failed at or even just experiences I have where I'm like you know I, I wish this had gone differently it's not good or bad it's just you know my kind of take on situations and then you know, that was kind of the beginning and then as it's gotten bigger I've tried to evolve it more into a like a broader sense of things that, that kind of relates to everybody, whether you're you're happy, you're sad, you're somewhere in the middle, you're kinda of up and down. And then from there I've had people that'll that'll message me and say, Hey man, like I'm, I'm going through a thing in my department where they won't let me go to outside training. You know, could you come up with something where I could share it? And then that way I could share it on my page and it's it's not really me. It's somebody else I can't get in trouble for, but it kind of pushes their agenda around. I think that's kind of cool. So, no, um, but, so, you know, I just kind of, you know, I, I went on a streak there where I wrote every day, like it was years, like probably a year or two where I I literally wrote a post every morning. And, uh, and finally my wife said, look, (laughs) enough is enough like this is crazy so uh, we kind of took a family vacation and that was my first time where I just kind of said hey I need a week away from this and ever since then I try to do like at least one every three days, like, I, I can't do it at work, obviously, and I have a bigger commute now, and then I can't always do it, like, when I get home, but I try to, at least when I get off work, I usually go to, to Starbucks, and I get real basic, and I get my caramel macchiato, my laptop out, and I'm a little hippie for an hour, you know, and, and you I write bro. something, and then uh, when I'm home, my my next day off, if I have time, if I'm not, you know, helping, you know, get the kids to school or something, or if I don't sleep in, I try to get up and write something that way, but I also found that if you don't post between, like, 8 and 9 a.m., it doesn't get views. It, it, there's a window, and it's obviously when everybody's getting to work and kind of scrolling that they read it, and it's the, the success of the post literally depends on the time of day. You depends post on when you
1: on put it, it up there. That's awesome. Uh, well, so, You definitely put up enough to, to, to have a good understanding of the metrics of when to hit it and <laughs> yeah, when to right. leave it alone. Um, and that's the, that was my next point I was going to hit you with, which is not just the quality of your post. It is the consistency in delivery. It's not like every few months. It's not every few weeks. It is literally, like you said, you slowed down to make it every few days, which is still un- ungodly in its pace. <laughs> As someone who tries to write uh, uh, helpful articles or insightful articles, it is impressive to say the least. That's what me and Jared talked about for a minute on when he was on the scrap about about your consistency. So um, by, your ability to keep it flowing is just super impressive, so I can't say that enough. So I'm going to follow it up with uh, – the actual question coming at you is most of them I would say if you cover a lot of topics, don't get me wrong, but most of them seem to center around leadership culture Mm -hmm. um, and moving forward in the fire service culture, uh, uh, fire service and and addressing, uh, progressing a culture, you know? And uh, now you've already mentioned your father. Where do all of your influences come from? Um, Your expertise is what I would say, your insight. Go for it. Yeah,
0: I don't know, man. Like, you know, people, I, I'm kind of humble, I guess. I just, I don't, I don't see it that way. I wouldn't really call it expertise. It's just kind of, you know, over the years of things I've experienced, people I've talked to, things I've, I've dealt with, and, and a lot of it is really mistakes I've made where, you know, the, the five-year mark, you know, got looked at by the 10-year mark was like, you're an idiot, right about it, you know, that <laughs> right. kind of thing. And, um And, you know, I've just seen, you know, I've seen what the culture of fire departments can do to people, and and it's not necessarily saying it's any one department I've been a member of. I've been a member of, I think, five fire departments now in my life. You know, I started out with one department because you could be a junior firefighter at 16, and then I went to another one at 18 because it was closer to the house. It made more sense. I started over in Georgia, and then I just started over again in South Carolina, and now I'm starting over again as a volunteer and having to do that. So you just pick up a lot, and you see a lot of things with different people, the way they're treated, the way they treat other people, and just kind of it's funny how I've watched so many people with a lot of enthusiasm come into places and how people kind of get threatened by it in a lot of ways. And I don't really understand that side of it, but that's a lot of it to me. It's just people that, you know, they're really involved. They're really passionate. They they get labeled as arrogant all the time. And it's (laughs) having an opinion and being loud about it doesn't make you arrogant. I mean, these people are, they're just involved. And they want to throw it out there and they want to make everybody around them better. And unfortunately um, it, it gets them labeled, you know, inappropriately sometimes you know and they get put in that box and especially when we're young because you know you know how it is you can't you oh, yeah. get a, a do-over you know you get that one time and that thing you did when you were an idiot you know in your probie year is going to haunt you till the day you retire and they're probably going to talk about it at your retirement they're going to say oh i remember when he was a dumb probie i mean come on man <laughs> let it go so um you know i would really call it expertise it's just a lot of being observant i guess and then you know i don't know i'm not going to say i'm an innovator by any means because i because i know i'm not you know I, I try to read a lot i listen to a lot of podcasts I, I try to read books follow you know all the big guys all the people that have been there and done it before but some of it's just generic some of it's just things that i be driving down the road one day and it's like man what if you made chief one day and you did this or what if you right. took this different approach with this guy or you know it's just i don't know that's how my brain's wired i guess so um I found early on that I would think about these great things and it would, it would be some inopportune time. Like I say, you're driving down the road, you're in the shower, you're cutting the grass and you're like, oh, I've got it. The next best thing. By the time you sit down to write it, it's gone. So right. maybe that's early onset dementia. Maybe that's just, you know, ADD. I don't know. But so what I do now is I kind of try to make notes on my phone. And then when I need yeah. a topic, when nothing's flowing on my head, I go back to my phone. And I'm okay. Well, 30 days ago, I thought this was important. Let me see if I can elaborate it today. And uh, some days that works out, and some days I sit here with writer's block hitting the delete button 80 times, and I'm just like, oh, screw it. Good thing I wrote this one a month ago. I could just kind of, you know, adapt right. it to today.
1: So <laughs>
0: that, that's kind of how the process is for me. I don't know. I don't really know if there's a, a, a good way no, to it describe sounds, it.
1: That sounds uh, uh, sounds like a chaos up here. and I'm Yeah, very it's familiar what it feels like. <laughs> and I have a, uh, in my Google Drive on my phone, I have a list of topics that Whenever I'm listening to it, I'll, I'll hear a podcast. I'm like, that is a great point. I really could embellish on that. And I go to my phone and I, I put it in there. And I'll put some note that'll be like, uh, it'll be something at the time that's really relevant. But then yeah. a few weeks later, I'll go look at it and go, what did I mean by keep it simple? And, you, yeah, know, you have whatever, no clue. I, right. Or it I have spelled almost, you <laughs> you wrote in a hurry lost.
0: and it's spelled with rear words that don't even form words anymore. And you're like, oh, what, what the heck was that? It's hieroglyphics at this
1: point probably lost more wisdom that I could have passed on than I've actually passed on. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would say mostly centered on leadership and culture. What has been your most controversial or most impactful, um, post article? Yeah. Uh, I think what do the do you uh, What's your, fa- most- I, I should say, start with what's your favorite
0: one. Oh crap. Oh. Huh. Uh. I had one uh, years ago I think that had Kentlin's hose bed in it. And I just the way the picture went, it was just like I think it was like those who can't or those who can are the envy of those who can't sort of thing and just, you know, I just kinda like that message. Like, you know, the, the ones that are gonna hate you the most are the ones that can't do what you what you are doing or trying to do. They they would never have the courage to go do it kind of thing, you know. And and I think that hits home for a lot of people, like it. They get ridiculed and I'm not even talking about people that you know I subscribe to their beliefs you know everybody has an agenda everybody has an opinion and and you know for for every person trying to progress the department there's a, a guy that's been there 30 years that's, that's trying to hold on to that small scrap of tradition they're trying to peel away from and he's in the same battle as a new guy that's just trying to get acceptance you know and that's I think that kind of relates to everybody so that that's probably my favorite one I think I, I really know that one and you know, I, I know the whole PG-Kentland thing gets a little crazy for some people as far as the bait, but man, they got a pretty hose bed, there's no, there's no denying that. And if you don't like a it's pretty hose to... bed, you're in the wrong business, you know?
1: No doubt, no doubt. And there's it, something just satisfying about seeing a beautiful hose bed. And there's something that actually bothers your soul when you see a sloppy yeah. hose bed. <laughs> it's it's like OCD, it's, right? <laughs> yes, I, it's, it's something, It's like, but yes... Um, I was trying to think of what I was going to ask you about your uh, oh the empathy. You just you just talked about your empathy right there, uh, your ability to see a, a 30-year veteran trying to hold on to that scrap of tradition. At the same time, he has the same fight that that young guy has, and and um, that's, I think that's the thing that impresses me a lot in a lot of your posts is your, is your empathetic way of dropping your viewpoint into that different viewpoint for the different articles when you write them. So it's just very impressive. Um, have you ever – um, I don't know if you've read Jason Hobelman's, uh his his small book, not his big one, the small one, uh, No Exceptions Leadership. I think that, it's, it's on my rack. It's,
0: I think it's on my rack of you know the long list of things I haven't gotten to yet, unfortunately. So
1: it is his. Uh, he basically took everything he posted online and made a quick book of it and put it out there, and it's a great little, That's great cool. quick read. So have you ever thought about um, taking this this mountain of written words that you put down and putting them <laughs> out as a book? Uh,
0: I haven't. I haven't. I somebody mentioned it a while back, and I'd actually sat down. I think I actually came up with like I went to the point of of having chapters, and then I got mm-hmm. back in school, and I was like, I write too much on a weekly basis. Like I don't even want to think about writing a book. Um, but I've thought about doing that. Um, Jim McCormack, who does the the Fire Department Training Network, we 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 talk uh, from time to time. He's been a big mentor for me. Uh, he's mentioned that he has plans to maybe take some of the the better ones that that resonate with him and put them in one of his his small books that he puts out, okay. uh, which would be which would be really cool if he did that. Um, you know, not to put him on the spot or anything. Get back to him. Hey, you told this hey, kid G- this.
1: So. Hey Jim. <laughs>
0: yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right there, the fire inside just blew up,
0: right? So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday. I just I still struggle with the whole, uh, you know. I don't know if it's confident. I just, I don't, nobody would read it. That's how I look at it. Right. But then I know there's a thousand other people that say, Hey, a a bunch of people would read it. So I feel like it's one of those things at the time is right. Right. Maybe so. And right now I just kind of enjoy putting thoughts down, you know, one morning at a time and, and going and traveling and and getting an opportunity to speak. I really enjoy doing that. So that's kind of what I'm focused on for now. And, um, once school is over here soon, uh, at the end of this quarter, I, I might reconsider that. Where I'll, you know, I won't be writing every day as much as I am now, so I'll have to you right. know, fill that gap with something. So,
1: I will tell you this: I would buy it in a heartbeat because I love your posts. So, and if, to have an <laughs> yeah. anthology, a collection of them, is would be. And, and so, I'm a big highlighter. I love highlighting. Yes. And so, yeah. uh, I have my system where I have two different colors so that I can keep my thoughts separate <laughs> as I as I go through. And so, I would love to have that to do. And so without printing them out myself and, and putting in the work, just have the book, and then I'd get a yeah, signed right. copy. So I yep. um, always ask this of everybody. Do you have a book that you would suggest for firefighters to read?
0: Yes, yeah, so I kind of have two, and, I, and it's kind of like everything else I do. I kind of break it up into there's different needs for different people, right? The, again, sure. the 30-year guy doesn't need to read the thing the first-year guy needs to read. So the, the first, it's kind of a series, I guess, in a, in a way that I'll throw out, is the Pass It On series that uh, um, yeah, I'm going to – no, author, I can't. It, I uh, see the cover Lasky, with the I big think? mustache. It's, yeah, is, is it? Uh, is it Lasky?
1: No, it's the. Uh, man, I get them go. all big stuff. Hold, hold on, I got. The, hold on, I got the internet.
0: It, yeah, get the it's, Google out right.
1: Because of the uh, the guy with the cover on the mustache with the giant mustache. Someone tell us.
0: Yeah, chief of Lewisville, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, that is Lasky. Lasky's pride and ownership. Hold on, I'll, I'll pass it on, That's
0: right. I get. There, there's pass it Lasky's. On. They're, they're all different. I get them all mixed up.
1: Billy Goldfender.
0: Yeah, I get Ow. him, Lasky, and Salkal on the one big there thing go. for some reason. I can't <laughs> keep their names straight. But, but yeah, so the the there's the original Pass It On, then there's Pass It On, the second alarm. And I feel like for the newer firefighter or somebody that's maybe kind of reinventing themselves, um, you know, at a new department or something, just kind of those reminders of, you know, hey, this is – all the all the good advice you have from these guys that have, have been in the fire service for more years than you've been alive. So so take their advice and follow it. And I found I, – I got the first one, I think I was about seven or eight years in, and I just found so many, one, validating things of like, hey, this thing that you're on that you're being told you're wrong about is right, and then two, right. just like I, I never would have thought this would have such a big impact, I need to change how I'm doing it. So, so that would be my first one. And then I think for everybody – uh, I love the book Three Thousand Degrees, and I, I know it's kind of getting older now, but it's the story of the Worcester Cold Storage Fire, and, okay. and for me, that it, it's it's personal to me in a lot of ways. You know, I grew up up in the Northeast for one, but um, that was the first project I ever did uh, in college. You know, for a fire class was a report on that fire, and, and you just kind of read, you know, the story of this fire, and it starts out with this uh, this chief is talking about he watched that building every day when he drove to work and everybody has that building in their area that they just like, please not that building, you know, and, and that was his one. That was the one he feared the most. And then obviously it caught on fire and it was horrible. So I think one, everybody can relate to that. And then two, this chief, you know, he's basically forced to to bar the doors with his arms to prevent firefighters from continuing to go in. And I think as I've developed, and now that I'm starting to try to shift to, to kind of hopefully be a battalion chief one day and, and kind of, being able to ride and do that—that that mentality of like—I think it makes you understand the gravity of what these chiefs have on their shoulders. And we're we're real bad as as firefighters and line officers of just, oh, he's the friggin' chief, you know. He stands out there at the radio. I don't think people understand exactly what these chiefs go through. So, um, I think it's a good perspective for everybody. It's a story of heroism. It's a story of of firefighters, you know. And so, three thousand degrees. I think everybody should read that one.
1: That's awesome. I have I I didn't know the book. Bu- I don't know the book, so I'm going to have to put it on my list okay. of. To it's put it on one. the pile of to read, and <laughs> right. so uh, the Leary Foundation uh, just put out that uh, six-part YouTube series on it, and I've been watching those as they came yeah. out. They came out every week, and that was really good. And so I didn't know a lot about it before, then other than you always, you know, those ones, those stories you always hear about, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, advice to young firefighters trying to make an impact at their fire department. Put you on the spot for some advice yeah. for them, and go
0: uh, pace yourself. Uh, and, and I don't mean that to be the old crusty, you know, slow down kid thing. I, I just mean, don't take on so many things at once, you know, wor- worry about being a good firefighter first. And and I went through this and I see this with a lot of the development programs. Now we are so focused on leadership from the day they walk in the firehouse to the day they walk out. And like, you know, one of the classes that I'm, I'm working on and revamping is, you know, those first five years, you know, before these guys promote, it's so critical. They learn to be firefighters first. And most of my deficiencies, most of the things I'm not confident about are because I wasn't focused on that when I should have been. I was focused on promoting and getting classes and certificates and all this BS that they tell you is going to make a difference. When in reality, your ability to force a door, your ability to move a hose line, to conduct a search, conduct a VES, that's what's really going to matter. So well, learn how to do that first. Yeah, learn how to do the basics first. You've got your whole life to take fire one and fire two. If, if you want to do that one day, you need a degree. Start now with the degree thing because it takes a while and it gets much more expensive as you get older and you have bills, but but just right. be a firefighter and enjoy being a firefighter. Don't let people rush you out of that, you know, that backwards facing seat. You know, the the front seat is fun. I love the front seat, but but guess what? It comes with headaches and problems and, and challenges. So get good at the back seat first before you aspire to be somewhere else and, and it'll pay dividends. You may not see it now, but, but later in your career, you'll appreciate that you were a good firefighter first and so will the people that work for you.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, I call back to your thing on the chief and the Worcester fire, which is the uh, every, I, like I always tell people, I was the best person riding backwards because I always knew the answer to every problem because I had no responsibility. Oh, yeah. I knew everything to do. Like, let's get off the scene. Let's go back to the station. I mean, let's leave this. What Whatever it was, I knew the answer. And then you go to that driver's position and you're like, and you do stuff. You find yourself doing stuff. he's like, I said I would never do this, but now I find myself doing it because now I understand. And then the then you move over to the other seat and you're like, uh, the, every time it's a shift in perspective that you just did not understand until you got there. And so, uh, I love that advice about be a firefighter first, concentrate on those fundamentals. So that is awesome. Uh,
0: like they tell you, you'll turn into your parents, right? It's kind of the same thing. You'll turn into <laughs> those chiefs and officers that you, you know, you, you ran your mouth about and you ah, I turned into chief so-and-so, you know?
1: I swore I would never do that. Now I understand why they did that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what else do you got going on? I know you teach classes, um, what else you got going on? How can people contact you if they want to see you speak or or give us your contact info, how to get in touch with you, what you got coming up?
0: All right, so uh, obviously the the Facebook, the Fire Inside page is kind of the main thing I do good with Facebook, which apparently makes you old, by the way, these days. If you're still on Facebook, you're old. I've heard this from numerous people. Kids don't get on Facebook anymore. So um, so I'm officially old, but that's, that's the main place. Um, I do Instagram, obviously. I, I don't know if I hashtag right, though. I just put random things with, you know, pound signs, right? I'm that old. So uh, I I try Instagram. I'm kind of long-winded if you can't tell. So the the character requirement kind of gets me sometimes, and that, you know, kind of helps keep me more concise instead of rambling on. Uh, I have a website. It's www.thefireinsidepage.com. Um, I try to do blogs there that are a little bit longer for people actually, you know, have an attention span that expands more than 20 seconds and actually want to read something longer. Uh, so I do those there, something that won't fit into a daily post. Uh, that's where the stickers, the coins, the t-shirts are all at. Uh, I have my class offerings there. I try to keep a schedule updated of, of where I'm going to be um, speaking at if people want to get to it. Uh, the ones coming up right now, uh, end of February, I have... Three classes at the uh, Virginia uh, Chiefs Conference at Virginia Beach, which is cool. This is my second year there. I love it. Virginia is like this awesome state for firefighting. They're into it. They like to train. So I do a lot of stuff in Virginia. been very blessed there. Uh, And then I'm getting the opportunity to go out to Firehouse World in Vegas at the end of February, which is awesome. Oh, that uh, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, firehouse is taking great care of me. I've been to, this will be my third time in the world. I've been to expo once. So I really enjoy that opportunity. And that's kind of one of those fun ones where I get to bring the wife and we actually get a vacation out of it. So, sure. so, so that's pretty cool. Um, I've got a couple other gigs lined up. Um, I'll be going uh, to Pennsylvania to do a department of uh, vendors with fire departments up kind of believe outside of Philadelphia, Gettysburg, that area. Uh, they're having me and Jared search up uh split the day for a little seminar for their local guys. And, uh, working on another one that's supposed to be announced kind of end of the week here. So I can't kind of let that one okay. go, but All right.
1: um,
0: I, ha- I had a couple that unfortunately got canceled. I think there's, there's so many smaller conferences developing now that it's almost it's getting oversaturated in a lot of ways. So I had some, some really awesome people, uh, OJ of magic city. They do their conference down there in Birmingham. Um, and they, they had low attendance. I don't know how they put on like one of the best hands-on classes I've ever taken in my life. Oh yeah. Um, but but they didn't have enough, and then uh, the Miami Valley uh, Brothers Helping Brothers up there in Ohio, that same thing, low attendance. Yeah, I did that last year. Again, you know, awesome people, awesome cause. I just think people are so spread out now. It's almost like it's getting regionalized again. You know, mm-hmm. they want to do conferences, get people outside the region, and now it's like they're kind of you know regionalizing again. So hopefully, uh, you know, that, I'm not trying to detract from anybody that's doing a conference. I think there's a bunch of great ones out there, but unfortunately, you know, there's some casualties of it too. So. Um, no, the plus that, side I, is
1: you can you can go get hands-on skills like uh, every weekend. But oh, there yeah, is yeah, the categories, sure. yeah. So yeah, it's great so. for some. Uh, yeah, like you said. Uh, but, well, but other than there, I hope hoping, man. That was awesome, man. And so I hope, uh, of course, lots of Kool Aid stickers, coins. The uh, yeah, I'm gonna man, have to when you make that book, I'm gonna get an autographed copy of the book, also. So, Absolutely. Mark, I am very happy to have had you on the scrap number twenty-two. Um, and I'm very glad to put a face to the fire inside. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, yep. you've been an awesome guest. You've had an awesome. Uh, I, I look forward to reading your posts and publishing more of your posts on Firehouse Vigilance. So, thank you for being a great online friend. Thanks for finally meeting me and being a guest. I uh, thanks everybody for coming and joining us and listening to us talk about the fire service. And uh, as always, I hope the tone stays silent unless it's burning. And everybody stay safe out there. Thank you, man, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.